Think for a moment about the universe, which contains more than 100 billion galaxies, with more than 100 billion stars per galaxy. How can one explain that the God who created and holds in his hand such a vast universe can pause from all the demands for his attention and listen to, contemplate, and even act upon the petitions of human beings? And the truth is, we are less than specks of dust in this universe. And yet, the speck that I am, God finds value and significant in. What a blessing. Prayer is more than just a duty. Prayer is the greatest honor that you and I will ever have in our lives. Matter of fact, regardless of where you stand politically, we would take it as an honor if the President of the United States would want to call us. And yet far greater than the President of a nation or a people or any program, the Creator of the universe desires to have a relationship with us. So actually it is not a matter of asking how God can pause to hear us pray, but why? Why would such a powerful and limitless entity, a force far greater than human words could ever describe, give ear to the thoughts and utterings of finite creatures, specks in such a grand and complex system? The truth of the matter is, I can't answer to you why God would want to speak to me. There's nothing in me or you that is worthy of God's attention. And yet God loves us, does he not? Truly we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The more I grow in my Christian walk and knowledge of God, the more amazing his grace truly is that he would love someone such as you and I. And yet we know that he desires for us to pray, to communicate with him. We know from scriptures that prayer can happen both internally and externally that is we can pray within our hearts and we can also um, uh, pray out loud we see that from Hannah in first Samuel uh, chapter 1 and uh, yet what does it mean to pray we can say words we can speak but what does it truly mean to pray Genesis 4 tells us that it's calling upon the Lord and how we accomplish this uh, task in our intended purpose is what I want to try to answer uh, through this study and specifically, specifically tonight. I believe that the first avenue or the first duty of prayer, the first purpose, is that we might renew our fellowship with God. Um, we find that in the days of Enosh that men, the Bible says in Genesis 5, that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. If we find that, it would, we find that Adam would have been about 235 years old when uh, Enosh began to call upon the Lord in his days. So Adam was kicked out of the Garden of Eden and that communication with God was cut off. And from what we see from Scripture, it was 235 years years later before people began to fellowship with God again. Talk about the dark ages. 
235 years with no communication between mankind and their creator. Yet we find here that men finally in Genesis 5, they begin to call upon the Lord again. And um, it's almost that during that time when Adam was removed from garden that um, you might say that God had forsaken man, but reality of it is it's not that God forsook men, but rather men forsook God. Prayer is how we fellowship with God. The sin of Adam had many consequences, and we know that there was the curse upon nature and the the curse upon man that through the sweat of his brow he would toil, and there was the curse upon ladies that through travail and pain they would have childbirth. Yet I believe that maybe one of the greatest consequences that happened in the Garden of Eden was the fellowship that was lost between mankind and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior God. It was that fellowship that was broken. The truth of the matter is, it, we, you can break the Bible down into Old Testament and New Testament. You can look at the different covenants. But I really think the Bible can be broken down into two portions. There is the first two chapters of Genesis, and then there's the rest of the story. See, the first two chapters was God made man with great fellowship and communion and relationship between the creator and the creation. But man sinned in the garden. And from Genesis chapter 3 all the way through the end of Revelation, we have the story of God's continual work where he is trying to restore the fellowship with a creator in you and I. The story of Jesus and the Old Testament, the sacrifices that paved the way to Jesus Christ's coming, it all was trying to redo what was undone in Genesis chapter 2 when man sinned and the fall happened. And so that relationship, that fellowship with God was broken. And prayer is how we communicate with God. What an honor. What a, pr- a privilege. What a blessing that we have the opportunity to go to God in prayer. One of the greatest hindrances to our prayer life and our relationship with God is the same thing today as it was in the very beginning. And we can, y'all can communicate with me tonight. This can be a two-way conversation. But what was it that hindered the relationship between God and mankind in Genesis in the very beginning? What was it? Sin. Sin is what broke the fellowship, right? And what is it in our life that breaks our prayer life? It's the same thing it's always been. Sin. It's sin in our lives that causes us to break our fellowship with God. Sometimes it's because it just brings us to a place where we don't recognize God or take the time to even consider Him. Yet I can tell you from my own life... There have been other times where I recognized my need to fellowship with God, yet sin had me so ashamed that I was embarrassed and afraid to approach him. Have you ever felt that way? Has sin ever made you felt so unworthy that you were ashamed to approach God? And that's what we find here is that sin broke that fellowship, yet we find that prayer, that relationship with God is what breaks the binds of sin in our life and allows us to have that fellowship with him. And so the purpose of our prayer life is that we might have renewed fellowship with him. 
If the Word of God is our access to the knowledge of God, and it is, the Word of God is God's instruction manual for our life, and this is how God communicates with us. And so if the Word of God is our access to the knowledge of God, then prayer is the door by which we access an intimate relationship with Him. Uh, the Bible is how God speaks to us, but prayer is how we speak to God. And so the purpose, the first purpose of prayer is for you and I to have renewed fellowship with God. I don't know about you, but if there's anything I believe that I need in my own life, it's to have greater fellowship with the Lord. And no matter how much I get, it's never enough. Our nation, our churches, our homes, we need Christ in them, don't we? And prayer is that key point. Well, the first purpose of prayer is to have renewed fellowship, but uh, fellowship. But the second one is that we would have an alignment with God. You say, now what do you mean by that? How do we have alignment with God? In Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 39, uh, this is Christ here in the Garden of Eden. And going a little further, he fell on his pr uh, face and prayed, saying, this is Jesus, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Lord, let your will be done. James said in James chapter 1, verse number 5 here, in James 1, 5, I want to read several verses here. Uh, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the winds and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James said, if we lack, lack wisdom, let's ask of God. Is your life in alignment with God's Word? Is our life in alignment with God's will for our life? Is our church in alignment with God's will for North Etowah Baptist Church? The Bible says, if any of you ask like wisdom, let them ask of God that giveth liberally. God desires, but how do we find that alignment with God? How do we find God's will for our life? How do we ensure that we are walking faithfully in the path that God has laid before us? We do that through prayer. Prayer is the key point. It is essential. It is not just important that a church pray. It's not just important that you pray and talk to God. Uh, it's more than important. Without that fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, um, we've already lost. We've already missed the goal. We've, it's not that we need it. it, it we have to have it. It, it is critical. And so we find that the Word of God, um, when we begin to pray, um, the Word of God 
aligns our teaches us what God wants yet through that prayer life the Holy Spirit also begins to speak to us and reveal into my heart that's why the psalmist throughout the Psalms would say uh, Lord try my heart O Lord and, and see if there be any wicked way within me it's when we begin to pray and to have that intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that he can begin to enlighten us and to bring our lives into alignment with God's holy word and God's will for our life. We find that the sin that caused the fall of mankind was really committed out of a desire for wisdom. Was it not? Adam and Eve said, hey, listen, if we can eat of this fruit, we're going to gain wisdom and knowledge. And, and what did the serpent say? You'll be like God. You'll know good from evil. The original sin was a desire to gain wisdom and knowledge. <clears throat> That's what it was, to be like God. And uh, yet the truth of the matter is, is that all wisdom that we ever need can be found through God's Word and through prayer, relationship with the Lord. Um, Wisdom really is the ability to judge right from wrong. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and along with it, the capacity and will to make the right choice. And so if we desire, say, I want, I want to have wisdom in my life, that means that you desire the ability to understand right from wrong and the strength to take the right stand, to make the right choice. And yet the Bible says if we lack wisdom, let us ask of God. And so prayer life is how we get wisdom. I don't know about you, but I need wisdom in my life. Um, I've been trying to get situated here at North Etowah, and I'll be honest with you, between all the names and the new programs and committees and teams. And I'm on information overload right now. And uh, I'm trying to sort through it all. And, and uh, I need wisdom. Well, the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, let us ask of God. How do we know right from wrong? How do we know what opinions to listen to and what choices to be made? Um, prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. I have never regretted going to God in prayer. But I can promise you a million times over, I sure have regretted the times I did it. And so prayer is the key. By worshiping Him, we will begin to understand who He is and thus gain insight into um, how we should believe and behave. Uh, if we read the model prayer, we often call it the Lord's Prayer. It really wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It was the model prayer that was modeled by the Lord. But it began, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it begins by a focusing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, by lifting his name up. And by worshiping him, we begin to, by praying to the Lord, we begin to have an intimate knowledge and understanding of who he is. One, and I'm getting about two weeks ahead right here, but I want to share something with you just because it's too good not to share. 
the best thing that has ever happened to my walk with God, apart from my salvation, is uh, a few years ago, I was entered, and you probably already know this, and you're going to think, wow, he just figured that out a few years ago, and that's okay. It was worth it because I learned the lesson. The greatest thing, apart from my salvation, was when I was introduced on praying the Psalms. Are you familiar with that? What it is, and, and there's actually an app on your phone you can download, but okay, let's say today's the 27th, you would go to Psalms 27, Psalms 57, Psalms 87, and there would be five options. And I'm going to, let's turn, I'm going to just turn, give me just a moment. Y'all bear with me, all right? I want to share this with you. Psalms chapter 27, since today is July the 27th. Psalms 27, and this is a big chapter. This is for you if you have a lot of time to pray. Um, but it goes, moreover, um, I'm in Job. I thought, boy, that don't look right. <laughs> Psalms 27, okay. Psalms be a little easier than Job. All right, Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so I would start my prayer, right, I'd jump right into Psalms. Now, Lord, the Bible says that you are my light and my salvation. Lord, I want to thank you and praise you for being the light. Lord, that you reveal sin in my life, Lord, but also you reveal your will to me. God, thank you for being my salvation, that you sent Jesus Christ to die upon the cross for my sins. God, that you saved me from death, hell, and the grave. But Lord, also, you've been my salvation in life. Lord, you saved me from heartache and, and the consequences of sin in this life. And Lord, I want to thank you for being my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Lord, I want to thank you, God, that you're my strength. Lord, I don't have to be afraid of problems. I don't have to be afraid of people. I don't have to be afraid of circumstances. But God, who should I fear? God, I have nothing to fear because I know that you're my Father, that you love me. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, it's the strength of my life. Lord, I want to pray and say thank you for being the strength of my life, God, that you're the one I can depend upon. Are you getting the picture here? And go through and begin to pray the Psalms. What it did for me was what I had found in my life was that often when I prayed, you ever felt like, does prayer ever get mundane to you? You feel like you're just praying the same thing over and over again. You got your little checklist, and we've got a prayer list, and we're going to look at it, and there's nothing wrong with that. If I don't write stuff down, I forget. And so prayer lists are good, but sometimes I feel like we go to God in prayer um, like he's Santa Claus. We've got our little wish list. Lord, if you just answer my wishes, I'll be happy with you. And when I began to pray the Psalms, what I began to do in my own heart was it began to reveal to me God's nature. I began to look at God more than just the grantor of wishes. But as I read Psalms 27, he's, he's my light. He's my salvation. He's my security. He's the strength of my life. And I began to recognize the characteristics of God. And as, I began, as we began to pray and view God in this light, it begins to align our lives with God. And when we see God for who he is, it begins to reveal in my life who I'm supposed to be. And so if you've never prayed the Psalms, I encourage you to try it. It might feel real awkward at first, and it did for me. But it's, 
I'm telling you, it absolutely changed my prayer life. And I encourage you to do that. And so we find that by observing his loving kindness, we gain wisdom on how we are to love ourselves, how we're supposed to love the lost and those in our lives, but also how we're supposed to love him. And so uh, prayer should uh, bring us to a place where we align our lives with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thirdly, and uh, I will begin to uh, go to our prayer time, but the third thing is, and this is the obvious aspect of prayer that I think all of us or most people just assume prayer to be, and that is to ask uh, petitions of the Lord. Prayer allows us the opportunity to request divine intervention in our lives. Now, I want to be careful when I say this. We don't have to just pray uh, on things that we think are divinely needed. We are to pray about everything in life. He's our Father, and we are to communicate with the Lord. I don't ever have to worry, well, I would pray and ask the Lord for that, but he's too busy to worry about something that trivial. No, I'm going to... I have no problem asking God to pray in prayer to work in the most minute aspect of my life because he's a God that cares. He cares. And uh, if it's important to matter to me at all, it matters to him. And uh, I thank the Lord for that. But at the same time, I believe that the, uh, the miracle of prayer is truly recognized when we come to an aspect in our life that we have no other option for. God specializes in the impossible. Let's take an example, and I'm getting way off my notes tonight. I hope you all don't mind. We're just going to chase this rabbit, and we'll shoot it and get back to the points here in a minute. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow, Correct. They had, they had every opportunity to bow. Matter of fact, the Bible says everyone else bowed. If they did bow, there was nobody to be judgmental towards them. There wasn't nobody going to point their finger at them. Anybody that could have pointed their finger at them had already bowed. There was no pressure. They were, and they said, listen... We're just not going to bow. If God wants to deliver us, he can. If not, so be it. I like that attitude. We're just going to do. This is what we're supposed to do. We're going to do it. And God can do with it what he wants to. Well, what happened? We know that uh, they got thrown in the fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, uh, did we not throw three men in the fire? Behold, I see uh, four men loose and walking around, and the fourth is like unto the Son of God. Amen? When it seemed impossible, God revealed himself the most. And the truth is, that's where God specializes, because if it's something we can do on our own, what happens when God answers? Most of the time, we don't give him the credit because we think we did it. But when nobody else can do it, that's where God says, now watch this. I'm going to get the glory here. And so I think we should ask uh, petitions of the Lord. But I believe that it's especially important that we come to Christ and ask those things that, um, that only God can do. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and will be opened to you. And so, again, we have the liberty to know that we can go to the Lord, we can ask of Him, and He cares uh, what we have to say. I will say this. People often ask, Pastor, does prayer really work? I want you to know 100% prayer works. And I'm going to go even further than this. Prayer always works. I have never prayed one prayer that God did not answer. Y'all believe that? Most, a lot of times, though, his answer is no, and I just don't like no for an answer. But he always answers. Sometimes he says, not right now. Sometimes he says, I'll answer. Um, but you're going to have to be patient. But he always answers. Prayer works. He said, ask it will be given to you, seeking you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. I believe that it's important that we learn to pray and ask God. Learn to, in our prayer lives, learn to step out um, beyond our comfort zone. I wonder in our prayer lives, we say, yeah, preacher, I know we're supposed to ask of God, but are we, are we limiting God in our prayers? How big is your prayer? You know how big your prayer life will be? As big as your God is. The bigger you believe God to be, the bigger your prayers will be. Ask. Ask. Learn to ask God to do the impossible, to do bigger and better things than we could imagine. And uh, that's what I'm praying right now for North Etowah. God, do big things. Do bigger than what even we expect. Lord, we want to see you work, don't we? We better ask by faith, in prayer, believing, trusting him. Step out by faith. Just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Peter upon the water when he walked. Water that came from a desert rock in the Old Testament. I believe this with all my heart, that we will enter into the kingdom of endless opportunity when we move from the bounds and boundaries of our own imagination and say, God, I'm going to trust you for the impossible, for the unthinkable. I want to ask three questions. One, what have you asked of God lately that only he can answer? What have you asked of God that only he can answer? How big is your prayer life? Have you asked for God to do far greater than you can imagine in your own life? In the church? In your witnessing? In your testimony? In your evangelism? How big have you been asking God? Second of all, this is, goes along with that, but I want we must something we must answer for ourselves. What has fear kept us from asking? I'll be honest with you, there's been times in my life where I've looked at circ circumstances, especially when it comes to relationships with people, 
this is where we, I really struggle, and I believe probably most of you do as well. And we just go, Lord, I would love for you to work in this situation, but we don't no more believe it than anything. We have already determined this situation is hopeless and helpless. Some things are just never going to change. And so because we think we've already got it figured out or we fear that we're wasting our time, we just don't approach God. And then thirdly, has sin kept us from praying and asking of him? We should guard our hearts. When sin creeps into our heart, um, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to make light of sin, and that is not my intention. I believe we are called to be a holy people. I believe that with all my heart. But at the same time, I also believe that when God saved me, he knew exactly who I was. And he saved me in spite of it. Not because of who I am, but regardless of who I am, he saved me anyways. And I believe that we try to put God often inside of the limitations of our human expectations. And what I mean is, if somebody does us wrong, we might forgive them. But when they do us wrong the second time, we get a little more apprehensive to forgive, don't we? And about the third or fourth time, we're done with them. We might be around them, but we're done. And after about the tenth time, get them out of my life. I don't want to be around them anymore. You ever felt that way? Most of us do. And so what we think is, is because we have sinned, and we should never sin habitually, sin should bother us, but we think because we've sinned that, well, God just, he won't forgive me this time. And yet the Bible says that a righteous man, a just man will forgive how many times? 70 times seven. And that's 490 times in a day. And I don't believe that the 491st time we're not supposed to forgive anymore. I think what the Bible's saying is you just never stop forgiving, Right? And if the Bible says a righteous or a good man should forgive that much, how much more forgiving do you think God is? The Bible says he's rich in mercy. And so although I shouldn't, that is not an excuse for us to just sin and do what we want to do, at the same time, I believe that we should get to a place in our heart where we say, listen, I know that regardless of how wicked I am as a sinner, Paul said he was the chief of sinners. I, might, I don't want to argue with Paul. He wrote half the New Testament, but I believe, I believe he missed it because I think I'm the chief of sinners. And yet God is rich in mercy. If we will come to him, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
I wonder tonight, have you been going through your Christian life with your head hung low, not praying, not being a strong prayer warrior because of your own life or sins of your past? I encourage you to repent of your sins, past, present, but I also encourage you to bask in the splendor of the forgiveness of God. And then as a people, let's by faith step out and say, God, not because of who I am, but because of who you are, you're worthy. We're going to step out by faith and ask great things of you, believing that you'll do it. Well, that's the purpose. Some, there's more avenues of prayer. I think this is the three primary purposes is that we might uh, have a relationship with God, that our hearts might become in aligned with him, and then that we might ask petitions of him, knowing that uh, he cares for us.